2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Essentially what Paul's saying here is that there's always going to be lies that are going to set itself up against the word. So there's always going to be a lie that comes into your mind and you need to be able to know the word enough to differentiate between this is a lie and this is the word and then you set the word of God above the lie in your life. That, that you take it captive. We talked about that last week. Remember the cage and we took those thoughts captive and we put them in there because they didn't align with God's word. And, and what, we, what, what we find is that any thought we do not take captive will eventually take us captive. Any thought we don't take captive will take us captive. And in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed... Watch this, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I I find it interesting the way that God's word says we are renewed. It doesn't say we are renewed by coming to church. It doesn't say we're renewed just by coming and sitting on a pew. It says we're renewed by the transformation of our mind. Coming to church doesn't make us any more a Christian or a renewed someone with a transformed life any more than sitting in a garage makes us an automobile or sitting in a barn makes us a horse. That God's word says the way that we are transformed is not just by going through the motions on Sunday. And, I, and my prayer is that when we come together on Sunday, we'll hear the word. It'll change us because we go out and apply it. Because how we apply it is everything in our life. And, and, and that's why the enemy knows that if he can get in our mind, he can take our life. And here's the big idea of this series. That you cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot live... A positive life with a negative mind. (laughs) The enemy knows this. He knows that if he can get your mind, then he can have your life. He knows that if he can get inside of your head, then he can have your future. But God's word wants to help us to destroy some of these mind monsters that we face in our lives. Last week we talked about where mind monsters come from. And, and, and this week, I want to talk about the exterminator of mind monsters. Anybody ever had a problem where you needed an exterminator? I got thinking about exterminators in 1984. There was a little movie that came out uh, with Bill Murray. And anybody know what I'm talking about? It's about some guys who got an idea that they were going to start a, they're going to start a ghost uh, a business where they're going to exterminate some ghosts. And, and, and the song says, who are you going to call? Some people, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's, there's somebody that you need to be able to call whenever you got something going on in your life. When there's something strange in your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? When there's something strange under your hood. You need to have somebody that you can call. So I want to talk today about what the exterminator of the mind monsters of worry, doubt, fear, anxiety. I want to talk about how we can get these things out of our life. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. 
I want to start here. It says, now faith, won't you say the word faith with me? Say, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, or by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By what? Faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made from things that are visible. And then the scripture goes on in verse 4 to say, by faith. And there's person after person that Hebrews 11 lists that lived by faith. We literally call this chapter in the Bible the hall of faith. You know, like you've heard of the hall of fame before. This is the hall of faith. And it's all of these people that live their lives by faith. Here's the big idea I want to talk about today is simply this, that we exterminate mind monsters by faith. We exterminate the mind monsters in our lives by faith. When faith increases, doubt decreases. When faith walks in the room, worry has to walk out of the room. When faith stands up, sadness, despair, fearful imaginations have to sit down and shut up. When faith walks in the room, everything changes. The atmosphere changes when faith walks in the room because fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. So I want to today give you a tool of how to get your faith up. How we can live our lives full of faith. Faith can become kind of an ambiguous word in our culture today, and especially in a religious culture. Well, just have faith. Live by faith. Have faith. Well, I just have faith. And what does that mean? And I want to give you a tool today of how to get your faith up. I want to give you a tool today that hopefully something that my prayer is that you would commit this to memory. That's one of the reasons why we... We, we take notes every week because we want you to hopefully remember, hopefully remember this, that this is a tool that, that will change everything about when the mind monsters come into your life, who are you going to call? Well, by faith, we're going to live is what's going to change everything. So how do we live by faith? I want to give you just a simple acronym that hopefully we can remember to help us learn how to get some faith up in our lives so that we can fight the fear, fight the anxiety, fight the mind monsters that want to destroy our lives. Here's the first thing. Faith. How do we get our faith up? The first thing is we focus on the positive. Everything in life has positives and negatives. Every situation has positives and negatives. Every job has positives and negatives. Every husband or wife has positives and negatives. I tell people all the time, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. No perfect church. It's amazing to me how in the same day I can get someone complaining about, um, about something in, at the church. And the same day, same day, I can have somebody walk up to me, tears you know, streaming down their eyes. It today changed my life. <laughs> what, was, what, was, what was happening there? What, what, what's the reality that, that someone was looking for something different? Someone was focusing on something and someone was focusing on something else. Someone was focusing on a negative because I want to tell you there's always a negative. There's always going to be a negative to every situation, to every day, to, every, to everything that we go through. But there's always going to be a positive in what God is doing in the midst of the negative things. I want to ask you a question. Has your life ever improved by focusing on the negative? See, what I've learned is that faith doesn't make my problems go, to, go away. But it does put my problems in perspective. 
When I have faith, when my faith rises, when I start focusing on the good things of God, it doesn't cause all my situations to go away, but what it causes me to do is see God above my situations and to see that God's able, no matter what I'm going through, that God's still in control and he's still in charge. I want to challenge you to begin to thank God for what you do have instead of thinking about all the things you don't have. Thank God for the roof that's over your head. I want to tell you, being thankful is like getting a raise. <laughs> it change, it'll change the mind monsters of comparison. Comparison, wants to, comparison will destroy your joy every time. But thankfulness will cause the mind monsters to go away because it builds faith in your heart. I challenge you, when you leave this place, before you step into that vehicle that you drove here in, I want you to thank God for the vehicle you're about to step into. It may not be brand new. It may be a clunker. It may, you may need some new tires. Come on, somebody. But you know what? We're blessed. We're highly favored. We live in the United States of America. We have the blessings of God on our life. And I want to tell you, before you open the door, thank you, Jesus, for this car. And before you go and, and eat, eat lunch today, and before you go and put that food into your mouth, before you eat, say, God, I thank you that you've given me something to eat today. And before you step into your house or your apartment or wherever you live, I challenge you, before you put the key in the door, say, God, I thank you for the home that you've given me. I thank you for the family that I have. I thank you for the city that I live in. And when you begin to focus on the things that God has given you, the devil has no place in your mind. Because the devil wants to say, oh, look, at you don't have this like so-and-so. And your brother makes more money than you. And you don't have this. And you don't have that. And look at you. And, and, and comparison either does one of two things. It causes you to be prideful and to feel better about yourself and compare yourself to others that are doing less than you. Or it causes you to feel like God's given you the short end of the stick and hasn't been good to you because you see all the other things that God's doing in other people's lives. We live in a constant comparison culture. With social media, with Facebook, with Instagram, we have endless abilities to compare ourselves to other people's, and other people's lives. And what I've found is that we constantly compare our bloopers to everyone else's highlights. People will call me from time to time, friends of mine from across the country. Oh, look at all the great things God's doing at City Hills. And I always tell them the same thing. We only put the good things on Instagram. <laughs> don't look at us for a moment and think that there's not struggles because there's struggles where you are and there's struggles where we are but you know what God's still on the throne he's still in charge he's still going to have a move of his spirit in our city like never before because we're focusing on the good we're focusing on the good things of God one of my favorite stories is a story about a African uh, about an African king who had an assistant that had this famous saying, he would say, it is good, about everything. It was annoying to the king. And, and, and one day, he loaded the king's gun, gave it to him, and he loaded it wrong, and it backfired, and it literally blew the king's thumb off. And he looks at his assistant, and the guy said, it is good. He thought, it is good? My, I don't have a thumb anymore. That's nothing good about that. So he took the guy, and he threw him into prison. And about a year later... The king was out hunting and came upon some cannibals and they took him in and they were about to eat him. They had him on the spit. They were about to, they were about to rotate him over the fire and they noticed that he was missing a thumb. And they said, well, we don't eat anybody that's not whole. 
So the king was so appreciative to his assistant, he went to him in prison. He said, I am so sorry for what I did to you. I, I, you know, he told him the story, and the guy said, it is good. He said, how is that good? He said, because if you wouldn't have thrown me in prison, I would have been with you, and they would have ate me. I love that story. Why don't you say that with me? It is good. You can't hurt somebody that has that kind of mentality of it is good. That's what Paul said. He said, hey, if I die, I'm with Christ. If I live, I'm with you. Like, what are you going to do to me? Nobody is going to stop me because I have fixed my focus on the things of God. I love it. Man, I could preach all day about the, the focus of God, but keeping our focus on the good things of God. What I've learned, thankful people always have more things to be thankful for. Depressed people always have more things to be depressed about. Worried people always have more things to worry about. It's about the focus on the good things of God. Heard about a man who was very wealthy. And he was trying to show his son how privileged they really were. And he said, I'm gonna, he thought to himself, I'm going to go show my son. He lived in a great mansion. He said, I'm going to show my son how poor people really live. So he went and found this family. There was a bunch of, a large family living in a small shack. This was years ago before electricity was kind of ready, readily available to everyone. And he went and he looked and he you know, kind of showed the boy all these things. And he said, son, what did you learn today? He said, dad, he said, I learned we have one dog and they have four dogs. He said, dad, I learned we have a pool, but they have a river that never ends. He said, I've learned we have lights in our house, but they have stars that you can't even count. He said, we sit around watching TV He said, but they sat around their table and discussed and shared their life. He said, thank you, Dad, for showing us how poor we really are. You see, it's what you have that makes you rich. You have everything you need to be happy right now. Because you have God. And that's all you need. Focus on the good things of God. It'll build your faith, I promise you. Here's the second thing. A, affirm yourself. You want to get your faith up? Start affirming yourself. I don't mean, I don't mean kind of this self-help, self-talk. But here's what, I, here's what I mean by that. What you say to you is more important than what I say to you or even what God says to you. When it's quiet, like in these moments, I may be the one with the microphone, but there are dialogues happening all over this room this morning. Internal dialogues. There, and, and, and what you say to you is more important than what I say to you. Because if you're here today and you say, and as I'm talking to you about this, and, and there, you could have one of two reactions. First reaction could say, amen, that's right. I need, I'm go- yes, thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. I'm focusing on the good things of God. And I promise there's power that's happening and the mind monsters are beginning to flee. But if you, to yourself, are not agreeing with me or with the word of God, you could simply say, well, you don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how bad my situation is. My mama tied my diaper too tight whenever I was a baby. You know, all these things, everything's so bad. You know, there's all these things that I'm facing in my life. And, and here's the deal. You can talk yourself out of the plan of God for your life. And I can do the same thing. Just ask the Israelites. God brought them in freedom from slavery, but they never got to their promise Not because God wasn't faithful or powerful or strong, but because they did not see themselves the way God saw them. 
I love what Joel chapter 3 verse 10 says. This is, non, this is something about faith, just some principles of faith. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Is that crazy or what? Let the weak just admit it. No, it didn't say that. Let the weak say, it's all over. He says, no, let the weak, let them say, I'm strong. But what, you're not strong. That's what every other voice in our mind says. You're not strong. You are weak. This is about to be over. God's not going to come through for your life. It's all over. And Joel says, no, 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 no. Let me show you a principle of faith. Begin to agree with what God is saying about you. Affirm yourself that I am everything that God says I will be. That literally change your words and you'll change your world. I challenge you, begin to speak out the things that you don't even feel, but speak it because it's what God says. Here's some things. I am not a mistake. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. This is not random. That's one of the ones the enemy deals with me all the time. Was just random. Everything's just random. No, no, no. Enemy, God is in control. The word of God says that you have ordered my steps in his word. So God, every day is not random. Every person that I meet, God's got a purpose and a plan. I'm not living as if he's not real. I believe I'm going to put a belt around my brain and say, you know what? Enemy, I'm going to agree with God and not agree with whatever I think. I love what Paul said. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love that. That's, isn't that a self-affirming statement? I, he didn't say, well, I may be able to do everything. I might. I might make it. I might be able to do everything, through, oh, some, at least some things. I mean, 80% through Christ. I, I may. No, there's this affirming. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Don't you love that? I love it. I can do it. I can make it. Not in my own power, but because I have Christ working in me and through me. I love that. Here's, here's the next thing. It says, imagine God, I, imagine God doing something good. So we talked about focus on the positive, affirm yourself, and then imagine God doing something good. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Because I think so many times we use our imagination for the negative things, don't we? We constantly are imagining what if this falls apart? What if, what if everything goes bad? What if the economy tanks and it doesn't work out? What if, what if it's not going to happen? What if, what if, what if the sickness really is going to take me under? What if they're not going to be? And we just constantly imagine the negative things. And then we even take that into our prayer life. We pray to God, but it's like these prayers of, well, I just feel like it's all crashing down. And, and, and would you just please just, just help me just a little bit, God? Like, let it be a little bit. And God's saying, if you want to get your faith up, I want you to imagine me doing something good. If I told you tomorrow, hey, I have a scavenger hunt for you. I'm going to hide 10 1,000, I'm going I'm I'm to hide 
10 groups of $1,000 all over the city. So there's going to be little chests. Each chest is going to have $1,000 in it. There's going to be 10 of them. And you can get them from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. tomorrow. I'll give you the address at 6 a.m. How many people would take off work, like get somebody to watch the kids? Like you're, you're going to be at 6 a.m. waiting for a text message because what? You're excited. Like you're, you're excited. Okay, where's it going to be? And you're going to find that one. And you're going to find the next one. And you're going to find the next one. And, and it's going to be a journey of hope because you know you can expect good things. I want to tell you, when you became a child, of God. You signed up for a journey of hope because God is going to do good things in your life. God, there's no quota on the blessing of God. He doesn't say, well, I've been already as good as I'm going to be to you. No, the scripture says, we talked about it last week, his, his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Don't you love that? That this is something where we need to imagine God doing something good in our lives. Imagine it. Just imagine what it would look like instead of the negative things. Begin to imagine God doing something powerful in your life. That's why Mark chapter 11 verse 24 says, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it. Believe it. Like go ahead and believe it. Like it may not look like it's there, but just go ahead and believe it. That's what changes everything. You see... God's very different than, than the things of the world here. And, and, and if you go to a concert today, you're gonna, the, the artist is going to perform, and then there's going to be an applause after the performance, right? I want to tell you about God. God asks for the applause before the performance. He says, can you praise me before I do the work? Or are you just going to wait till it's all over? Because anybody can praise me whenever I've already done the miracle in their life. But I want to know, can you imagine me doing something good? That's powerful. I love what George Mueller, he was a, he was a missionary in the 1800s. And he, he, uh, he founded about five orphanages. And one of the stories I'll never forget was one day he had these orphan kids around him and his family. And they had ran out of food at this orphanage. And, and he made a choice. He said, you know what? We're going to gather around for, um, for, for our breakfast, they didn't have any food in the cupboards. Nothing, nothing was left. They had all these children to feed. And they got there, and they, 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 they got there around the table. And he said, okay, now we're going th- to hold hands, and we're going to thank God for the meal that he's given to us today. And all the kids are scratching their heads, and everything in, inside of him undoubtedly is saying, you're crazy, what are you doing? But, but, but the story goes that as, as, at right as the amen happened, there was a knock on the door. And there was a man that was a baker in town that said, you know what, we had, we, we, we had some extra bread left over that's still really good. And I wanted to know, I just really wanted to make a donation to be able to feed all the orphans. And God provided exactly what the need was. But he didn't wait. He didn't get filled with despair. He just said, God, I don't see it, but I thank you for it anyway. God, I don't see it, but I'm going to act as if it's already done in Jesus' name. I love that. So we're going to focus on the positive. We're going to A, affirm ourselves. We're going to I, imagine God doing something good. We're going to T, trust God in everything. Trust God in everything. Job said this, I go forward, he's not there. Backward, I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he does work, I cannot behold him. He hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Now, have you ever been there before? Maybe you're here today. I dedicate this message to someone who's here today. You say, I, I, I feel like 
I come to church, God's not even there. I feel like I wake up, I try to pray, I try to read my Bible, God's not even there. I go left, I go right, God's not there. But he says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he's tested me, I shall come forth as gold. He essentially said this, that even when I don't understand what God is doing, I still trust what God is doing. I can trust God even when I can't track God. He said, my foot has held fast to his steps. His way have I kept and not turned aside. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Trust God. Even when you don't see God doing something in your life. He said, hey, I kept walking correctly. I I kept obeying God even though I didn't see God anywhere. Faith rises up when you begin to declare, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. Like, it's still there. It's on the way. I want you to know if you're obedient to God, there may be a slow harvest, there may be a fast harvest, but but you can count on it. There's going to be a harvest. If you're faithful to God in your tithes and, 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 doing, and, and doing what God said, hey, trust me in this, you can, you can rest assured that God's going to take care of your life because he promised he would. How's it going to happen? I don't know. What the speed of that all works out? I don't know. But you can trust him that he's going to do everything he said he's going to do in your life. You keep raising your family to serve and trust the Lord. How's it going to work out? I don't know. But I know this, that there's going to be a harvest because God's faithful and God's true. And he's going to do everything that he said he'll do in your life. I order things online all the time. I don't know if you order things from like Amazon or things like that. But I am one of the most impatient people when it comes to ordering things. Because I'm always checking, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Okay, Louisville. Okay, Lexington. Okay, all right. Can you get here any faster? I could have drove all the way there and back. You know, like, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? And then the worst is whenever it says, out for delivery. I'm like, where is it at? It says it's in Knoxville, but it's out for delivery. And I, part of me wants to get in a car and, and, and just track down a FedEx truck and say, is, it, are you, like, is my package in there? You know, is my package in there? And uh, the other week, it didn't get delivered on the day, and it still said out for delivery. And I was, I was tempted at midnight to go try to find a delivery truck. Where are you at? I want to find you. Now, I, want, I want to tell somebody... You may not have what God's promised you yet, but it's still out for delivery. I want to say that it was mine. That thing that I bought, it was still mine. I had purchased it. The money, it went out of the account, but it just wasn't in my hands yet. And I want to tell you, every promise in the book, it was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, And it may not be in your hands yet, but I want to tell you, it's still out for delivery. So keep on trusting God. Keep on looking out the window with hope. Keep on trusting that it's going to happen because he promised it was going to come to pass. Here's the last thing, musicians. You could come. Hope for the best. So focus. Focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. Trust God in everything. And hope for the best. This is not wishing on the stars This is not, oh, I wish I may, I wish I might. This is simply trusting, putting your heart in a position of hope. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things 
hoped for. No hope, no faith. I'll say this, I think a lot of times it's easy, especially when we've been burned by people, it's easy to lower our expectations in life. Because we say this, I keep getting hurt by people, so I'm just going to lower my expectations of people. I'm going to lower my expectations so I don't really expect much, so I can't really get hurt much. Because when we expect a lot, it's easy to get hurt a lot. And I want to say that that may be an okay times to do with people, especially people that may continually um, put you in difficult situations. But I wanted to say this morning, that's not okay with God. God wants us to live a life that's constantly with our hopes up. Because people may let us down. Coworkers may let us down. Our boss may let us down. Situations may let us down. But we serve a God who will never let us down. And we, we get our hopes up. That's what I want to tell somebody. Get, our, get your hopes up. Like, see your life through the lens of God's favor. Because the mind monsters have no place when you start getting those hopes up. I believe today is going to be a good day. Man, that'll, that'll, that'll change your life. Change all those negative things that you're speaking about your own life and say, God is good. He's going to do something good in my life. It is good. It may not look like everything's going good, but he's still good. Even whenever people aren't good. Even whenever the situation's not good. Even whenever the economy's not good. God is still on the throne. I want to leave you with this. The writer of Psalms 27 said this, I would have fainted. Like, the mind monsters would have done me in unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, oh, I've wanted to faint along the way, but I believe that I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I, I wish somebody just get that declaration on your lips today. I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I believe that I will see the goodness of God today. So here's the last idea. I will speak faith even when I don't feel faith. I will speak faith when I don't feel faith (laughs) you want to get your faith up take this little tool that we talked about today faith and you begin to speak that out and it'll start faith will start rising and doubt will start decreasing let me show you you say focus on the positive God I thank you for what you've given me God I thank you for my family I thank you for my church family of people from every walk of life that come together to lift up your name that goes out to make a difference Lord I thank you that you've given me the opportunity to live in one of the most blessed nations of the world I thank you that I can worship you with freedom today I thank you Lord that I can stand and say the name of Jesus without fear because we live in the nation that we live in God I thank you I'm going to 
to affirm myself. God, I, I believe what you say about me is true. I'm a mighty man of God. Lord, that what's no, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I affirm everything that you say against that, that you say to me, not what the world says against me. God, I, I'm going to imagine you doing something good. God, I see it in my mind, you doing the miraculous thing. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in us. God, I thank you for more space. God, I think you're going to give us a church, Lord, a, a, a building. So, Lord, so I can see it in my mind's eye, Lord, of people that are going to be coming to Christ, Lord, just down every aisle, lined up across. The, I can see it in my mind's eye because you're faithful and because you're going to do good things, God. Lord, I trust you in everything, God, and I'm hoping for the best. Lord, I'm not believing the worst, God. I'm hoping for the best. In Jesus' name.